Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I'm I'm here. I've I've loaded into the podcast. You can't see it right now, but I am one polygon. Yeah. Ooh. Well, see, but I have to look right at you because if I mm. look away, then you disappear. So No, that only applies <laughs> to large objects like cars. Oh wait, I see what you're saying. That's mean. No, I I, I am I I have I feel like I'm still loading. <laughs> <laughs> but I am here, uh, man. I'm I'm toast. But yeah, no, I I play well on new consoles. But if you if if you find one, if that helps, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know, eh? Oh man, there's so many issues that are the year 2020. But uh, yeah, did not see this um, one coming. To be honest, <laughs> no, 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 definitely did not either. So we're obviously talking about Cyberpunk 2077. We are going to get into that conversation. Uh, but kind of in more detail in a few moments. But uh, Ryan, before we did, I wanted to get your final thoughts because you've you've kind of had a chance now to finish up Bug Snacks. You've had a chance to finish up uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. So I want to talk about those first because I feel like a whole just the whole rest of the episode is pretty much going to be Cyberpunk 2077 focused between you know our play experiences on our different consoles as well as all the news that's come out since the release of the game. So the whole like back end of the show is going to be all about Cyberpunk 2077. So let's talk about Bug Snacks and Age of Calamity while we've got a moment. <laughs> yes, let us let us uh, sit a spell and our, or let us talk about bug. I was trying to remember the song in my head as I was talking. <laughs> um, let's talk about bug snacks. Yeah, I, I finished bug snacks with the kids. We had kind of talked about it post show last week, or not last. Well, yeah, I guess it still was last. Yeah, week. it was last week. Yeah. Um, and uh, guys, Ryan went back to work this week, and if you can't tell, his <laughs> brain is moosh. <laughs> I know. I know. Like I'm, I'm obviously going to talk about it on uh, Dungeons and Diapers being being back to work, and work has obviously been very uh very good and ha- has had to deal with people being at home working from home with a bunch of kids but it's like it's it's been it's been a struggle to kind of like come compartmentalate my that's not even a word <laughs> <laughs> no i love it compartmentalate <laughs> damn it <laughs> anyways um write that down that's a show title um anyways yeah so i've had to do that I'm not going to say it again because I'll butcher it even further. Uh, but I had to do that to kind of like focus on work, but also make sure, you know, Caden's got all of his stuff good for, for preschool. And then when, you know, Abby comes down, when Ashley's upstairs putting Isabel down and Abby's not getting enough attention. So she's like swatting at Caden while he's trying to do his assignments <laughs> and teaching his. And then I'm off that in the kid co- is such a badass. She's my favorite. <laughs> yes, they're all my favorite, Jocelyn. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she, see, I'm I'm allowed to have a favorite. <laughs> you are, of course. She does. Uh, she does have a way with with uh, words, we'll say. And um, she does have that <laughs> attitude sometimes. But yeah, it's. It's all a bouncing at. Also, she's potty training, and she's used her her potty training as a weapon. In that, if you try to put her on timeout, <laughs> see, I love this kid. <laughs> it's again like this is almost like a mini Dungeons and Diapers. But really, what she'll do is she will. You put her on timeout. You're like, you're going on timeout. You need to listen. You need to stop hitting your brother. He's trying to do his work. You put her on timeout. You bring the potty. You say, if you have to go pee, you go on the potty. What does she do? She just you, as soon as you close the door, <laughs> she just pisses herself. Standing next to the potty, and I and I go in and I'm like, 
what are you doing? Like the potty's right there. Who? <laughs> she's making a point. I know. You put her in timeout. She's not leaving timeout. <laughs> and I get angry and all I can think about, it, at least it wasn't a number two. Because those are pain <laughs> cleanup, especially since she's lactose intolerant. But. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we, we do our best to keep her away from cheese, but sometimes it's tough. Anyways, yeah. So what were we talking about? Pug snacks. Bug uh, snacks, yep. We Playing finished with the kids. It. <laughs> Playing with the kids. And here's the thing. That game is delightful to play with kids right up until the end. Um, I'm not going to spoil it, but an issue I described on a previous episode was the fact that all these cute bug snacks, very Pokemon-like, you're capturing them. Um, questionable as to why you're putting them in your mouth and, and happy that they're changing your limbs into various fruits and vegetables and... and, and um, tacos uh i was trying to think of another food group tacos is a food group right (laughs) tacos is totally a food group (laughs) good good um and and that always bugged me it's like why are you doing this to yourself and why are you so happy about it and 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 they do allude yeah is it a good thing that your limbs are changing yeah like everyone seems to be totally odd but everyone is okay with it like oh now i have french fries for arms okay yeah yeah. And I'm sitting there as the journalist and, and the person who's allegedly allergic to bug snacks being like, oh, this is not good. It's not something you should be happy about. Why are you doing this? And everyone seems to be like kind of addicted to it in the sense that they enjoy the taste and they crave it. Um, and they think it's going to make their lives better. Uh, and then as you near the end of the game and you're like constantly doing these quests to to feed bug snacks and some of the quests actually forced you to change um the uh grumpus's entire body into bug snacks so when you do that final feed and you change their body their whole body is now bug snacks they're still that person but they're all bug snacks and it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you feel a little bit like a monster if you're paying too much attention to it but then when the game ends it very much addresses that concern and it's not that it's bad for kids it's just such a sharp turn that the kids are wondering like what's going on why aren't we capturing these cute bug snacks and feeding them to these happy people it's like yeah the game's yeah it's kind of a it's a big like yeah it's like a 180 you just have to be like well they had to end it somewhere okay don't think about it too much aren't they adorable (laughs) yeah and you know as a as someone you know an adult playing this game it actually makes the whole experience a lot better in my mind because it does kind of end it in a way that's like, of course, this is this is how you have to play it off because otherwise it's just this cute and cuddly slime rancher game. And um, I, I learned a trick from when we finished Paper Mario and when the credits rolled and Caden's like, wait, does that mean we can't catch any more bug snacks? Actually, he was actually asking that the whole time that we were doing the <laughs> final act. And I'm like, don't worry, we can start over, we can start over. Because the point of no return that they the message they pop up, which is like saying, you know, if you continue, you won't be able to do side quests and you won't be able to catch more bug snacks. That is in itself a very clear warning uh, that you are not catching bug snacks after that point of no return. So just keep that in mind, especially if you're playing with the kids. Like, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's anything that the kids can't understand, like are going to scar them for anything like if anything you shouldn't really be teaching them to eat like random animals off the ground but (laughs) alive yeah yeah alive (laughs) i got that clip the yeah if you cook them they just turn to mush and say oh gosh (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, no, we talked about it um, post-show last week, and, and I, I don't want to spoil it, but I really think it's a game worth finishing. Finishing, It's about a 10 to 15 hour experience, so you can take your time with it. And if you are playing with the kids, just keep in mind that the end is kind of a uh, very different a, 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 you know uh, it's atmosphere. like thematically and like yeah it's it's a very different um experience it's like it's kind of it's a little bit more like um dark and sinister i would say as opposed mm-hmm. to like the light and fluffy look at these little pokemon but they're made of food type yeah. vibe that you get for the whole rest of the game like it is kind of a, a tonal 180 um uh, and i think like it's it's a good it's a good ending it's a good story um, but it is definitely um, maybe a little bit harder to explain and give context to if you're playing with really little kids, for sure. Yeah. And it, I mean, if if you wanted to explain it, like, I think I could. My my issue with trying to explain it to the kids was basically, you know, because they loved catching the bug snacks so much. So the ending kind of demonizes the bug snacks in a way where it's like, okay, if I it's try a very kind of like sciencey ending, to yeah, be honest. I, like, again, and, I really, so I mean, it. like there's, there's some, like there's some potential educational value there, I guess. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's kind of like, it's, it's not the, it's a very like, um, like any, like when Bambi's mom dies, I feel like <laughs> it's the closest thing I can think of to like, you know, the way that sometimes Disney does their kid things where it's like, okay, yeah, technically, you know, like deer get hunted, like they, you know, or animals die in the circle of life and the food chain. But like, you know, it doesn't make it any less dark and sad when you're like, when you kind of, um, is it anthropomorphized? Like when you make them like human ish, when you give them personalities and, and voices and stuff, then, you know, they're not food anymore. (laughs) Well, here's the thing about Disney, Disney, the Disney way they do it is they do it up front. So they, yeah, they they kill someone up up front. You're right. Yeah. And then you've got like that hour, hour 20 afterwards to bring the kids back from, from the the brink of throwing (laughs) the DVD into the snow drift. Um, So, you know, in this instance, I think, yes, it would be it would be possible to explain to your kids what are happening. And and honestly, they would probably be fine with it and probably help their confusion, because the whole time we're finishing this this final mission, it's like, like, what's going on? What are you doing? Like, I don't understand what's happening. And but in my in my sort of defense, when playing with my kids, like they were probably more caught up with the fact that the game was ending. Like we did everything before the game ended and it was kind of yeah. like, <laughs> we got to kind of just finish it. Really what I should have done is I just should have finished it and then roll back the save. But, uh, you know, we, we can only, like I said, we, we can always go back to it, but I think from a, from a game, if you were looking at bug snacks and thinking like, I don't want to just play the cute and cuddly, catch the strawberries with the googly eyes and feed them to the weirdos. The game is more than that, and it kind of it it addresses sort of that one concern that I had that was like this is all too perfect. You know, it'd be really interesting to see them do something with that, and they do. It's not like you're you're you might be able to see it coming, but for me, it was like okay, that's clever. I'm glad they went that route as opposed to just we collected them all. Everybody high five. You know, it's not that. It uh, it has a much more sort of um i don't want to say grounded ending because it's not grounded but it's just it's a more interesting ending than the we found all the bug snacks yay ending so. yeah 
<laughs> yeah, definitely check that one out. It's worth it and probably going to go on some sort of sale. Uh, I think it's exclusive to the Epic Game Store and they're having a sale, I think, starting on Thursday. So keep an eye out for it for sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of that time of year, right? Everybody's going to be getting into the holiday sales and everything else. So yeah, it's, it'll probably be on sale. And even then, I, I think like it was... Uh, Definitely a really fun game. I really enjoyed a lot of the, well, I mean, obviously the cute little bug snacks, but also a lot of the like puzzles and stuff and the areas and the environments you got to explore. Like I did really enjoy it and it's not like a triple A title price, right? So I thought it was for the, for the price of the game, I thought it was a really good experience. So yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's worth the full price, but if you can get it on sale, absolutely go and uh, give it a try and i mean speaking of full price games i like i do want to know what you think now that you've gotten like are you you're all the way done age of calamity now no i i haven't or finished it close ish I, I i hit what i like to call the the jump the shark moment where <laughs> you kind of realize like oh the marketing is not at all sort of story-wise what it's been saying like they, they've they been billing Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity as the prequel to Breath of the Wild and it very much starts there and it very much tells that story but as you were kind of alluding to in previous episodes when we covered it was like is there much story to tell in a prequel to Breath of the Wild like kind of seems like things just go to shit real quick and that's the prequel right um and that is pretty much the story they start telling. But the core difference is that they, you have that little robot that goes back in time and seems to be accelerating um, Zelda's sort of research into the Guardians and they're getting more tech on their side. And it still feels like step in, step like in line with, with what the prequel should be. But I did hit the moment where they kind of jumped the shark. And, and I think it really does you know, change the marketing that they did for this, where it's like experience the prequel to Breath of the Wild, the story of, of the calamity. And they tell that story for the first four chapters. But then in the fifth chapter, as everything's sort of, yeah, the calamity is starting and I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil it, but I do want to just give people like a heads up that the story is, is not that it's a little more off the rails than that. And, and I, I'll just, I'll just say this. Like, right. Which makes like uh, without again, without spoilers, yeah. but like um, it doesn't necessarily go the way you think it would go if it was a true actual prequel to the game that we played. Right. Like if it was actually a prequel to Breath of the Wild, they've missed the mark and changed the events, basically, <laughs> like I which kind of like kind, kind of. And, and this is where it's like it's not as big of an offense from a marketing perspective and a deception it's kind of a it like the gameplay side of things like all the gameplay stuff of hyrule warriors age of calamity is is a great sort of upgrade from your experience with hyrule warriors on the wii u and if you played it on the switch as well like it, it is a great sort of sequel to that idea of providing you with this this really fun hyrule warriors kicking a bunch of people's butts as link and a bunch of different characters they're like crazy character additions that you get early on that are like wow i didn't think we'd be playing as that person 
Um, and it's just... <laughs> is one of the characters that you get to play the dude that runs around and sells you things? <laughs> no, I, I actually... Uh, you know, you, <laughs> I don't know, not yet. <laughs> Beetle, I think his name is? No. Yeah, Beetle, yeah. <laughs> you play as the, the giant tree with the maracas. Like, you get him pretty oh, early on. Oh, okay, okay. Because I, I, I was trying to think of, like, Breath of the Wild characters that were so out there <laughs> that I would never think that they would be in a Warriors game. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, yeah, the shop guy was the first one that I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> they they really they really do um bring these characters in you're you, the one that the one that you get right off the bat obviously link zelda but you also get impa which is a character you didn't get to mm. experience a hundred years ago very much i don't even know if she popped up i know she's there in breath of the wild as a as an older lady but um you get to play her in sort of her prime as a as an impa warrior uh and she is just kicking butts and uh all that fun stuff but like the game tells what could very well be the prequel story. You know, you have Zelda, she's struggling to unlock her powers. You know, you're going to all the champions, you're recruiting them to 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 utilize the guardians. They're all there controlling the guardians. Which is basically is Yeah, which is basically the story as we know it from mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild, right? Yeah, and then you get to the point where the calamity is starting, Zelda still hasn't unlocked her power, uh the guardians have been corrupted, so you get that piece. Uh, Hyrule Warrior or Hyrule Castle is attacked and you're there you're actually there like trying to escape you're trying to save uh, Zelda you're trying to ch- save the king you know the, the, and all that stuff happens so that's all in line and then um, the uh, a, a moment happens in which you realize that oh they just wanted to make a Breath of the Wild Hyrule Warriors game which is totally fine and that's all I'll say when you get to that moment you'll understand what that means but in my mind, like, this is still a very fun Hyrule Warriors experience. Just don't go in thinking you're getting the definitive sort of prequel story. You're still getting a version of that story, but they've kind of extrapolated it in a way to provide you with a full game experience. Um, and yeah, because like that was always one question that I had. I mean, we had those like eight or ten memories of Zelda's that we got to see as part of the like leveling or whatever not leveling but you know like as part of the game experience over in breath of the wild like you got to um see some of her memories and see that story told and i was kind of like are there any gaps to fill in (laughs) like it kind of seems like we hit the high points with those stories and like what else are they going to show us like how how much story can you show in a warriors game yeah, they and and there's a lot of story that they are presenting you through cutscenes and uh, like every mission has sort of a start cutscene and an end cutscene that kind of gives you more details of what these you know heroes have went through as they were preparing for the calamity and there's a lot of great dialogue there. I think I had posted a clip like Rivali is just as much of a dick in this game as he was in <laughs> Breath of the Wild, and he he has this great moment where the little like Impa and the little robot are fighting like sort of like what you would expect uh you know R2 and and a character in Star Wars to be doing like just having it out and and they're like kind of like fighting around Ravali and Ravali is just like ah you guys are a bunch of assholes and he flies away and it's it's <laughs> great it works really well uh, again like the story I'm still interested in the story but I think you have to be going go into this go into this game looking to enjoy 
the Hyrule Warriors side of it. Like if if you didn't like Hyrule Warriors, this is more of that. So it's not necessarily going to change your opinion of that gameplay style. Um, but from a story perspective, just understand you are getting a Breath of the Wild story here. They've nailed the characters. They've nailed all the voice acting, the music. It's crazy how well they've been able to emulate that style. Like it feels like they literally built a Hero Warriors game inside the Breath of the Wild engine. It just looks so good in that aspect. Um, but it's just from a story perspective around chapter five, it kind of it kind of just goes in a direction that's like, okay, we're doing this. I'm totally cool with it. <laughs> and I just have to sit back and enjoy the ride. And again, like unless you're a lore nut, it's probably not gonna, you know, throw you off. Bother too you? Yeah. yeah. It shouldn't really bother you because at the end of the day, like the timeline for Zelda is all messed up. Of <laughs> time travel isn't gonna <laughs> isn't gonna make any difference. Actually, they already did time travel, and like we were fine with it, right? Ocarina of Time worked out okay, so yeah, it'll it'll be fine. The, it's really weird that the robot can time travel and also just appears out of nowhere. Uh, I, I don't actually know what's going on, but it's. Think of it as like a like Avengers Endgame. They like there's a new timeline and that's what's happened. Not that there's a new timeline in the MCU. I don't want to confuse people here, but <laughs> but, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend checking it out and it, and it feels like there's more there than than just the just the prequel to Breath of the Wild. Like don't go in just hoping for that. There's a lot more there and it and it's a really fun ride. I I hope to be able to finish it once I've uh you know uh t- ready for a break from cyberpunk but um yeah I'm, I'm really digging it the only thing i would say in terms of like a little bit of a fault is that you you do have to do a bit of grinding to uh keep trucking with the story like you'll do a story mission and then the next mission will unlock and it'll say like oh well you need at least these characters level 40 or something and in mm. order to do that you have to get you have at to least go back and replay levels yeah, you're not replaying levels. It's just you're doing the grind sort of side quests. Like there, you're. Mm. I was. I have not had to redo missions, but I've been doing a lot of the side quests. But the side quests do sort of boil down to: here's a wall of text, do the mission, get out. Here's another wall of text. Yeah, you did it. Here's some experience, and and that's essentially those side quests. If you want to get into the flavor and read that text, you can. But if you just want to get that experience, get in, get out that's totally fine as well. You're not missing anything. It's kind of like Link felt bad that these villagers didn't have oranges. Get in there and find some, find some orange. And you're not even <laughs> finding oranges. You're just going in and killing a bunch of things. Maybe they had the oranges. I was going to say, how did they get finding orange mechanics into a warrior's game? <laughs> it's a bad example because it's probably not at all true. But like some of them are cooking. So you're finding these like ingredients as you go, as you just progress through the map. You're finding things on the ground. Like you're not having to do it. When you defeat a bunch of enemies, chests pop up. Sometimes when you discover a secret area, you'll get a special chest. And like in Hyrule Warriors, you're kind of like unlocking things and stuff. So you can complete quests without doing side quests without doing like um, a mission. You can just kind of give them a bunch of crap and they'll say, yeah, you did it. And then you can move on. But other times it's like, hey, we need you to go protect these outposts. So you go in, do a couple outpost runs, you jump out. That allows you to level up your characters and then you can kind of go in and you can pay to train other characters to get up to that max level. So you can mm. keep going in the story. So I have found like the momentum 
can be a bit off as you finish a story mission. You're like, oh, I can't wait to see what what they do next, you know? With, yeah, with and this... then the brakes get thrown on. Yeah, and and then you're also like, I've been playing this for like an hour. I don't know if I can do another half hour of side missions and then another hour long mission. So I'm going to take a break. Like for me, the gameplay wears thin pretty quick, but it's fun in the moment. It's just like I could I can't sit there for more than an hour and a half without yeah. story stuff popping up. So um, I, I do recommend it if you liked Hyrule Warriors and you want to you want to see more Breath of the Wild, because this is definitely more Breath of the Wild and you're going to you're in for a treat when it hits that jump the shark moment i thought it was cool uh it was a surprise for me and and the way someone explained it to me was kind of how i explained it. it's just this moment you'll get there and you'll know you'll kind of understand it when it happens you'll know it when you see it you'll yeah. definitely know when you see it and i i do recommend it if you're a breath of the wild fan and you like hyrule warriors you'll dig this for sure so you mentioned that you might go back to this when you get to the point where you need a break from our big topic this week, which is obviously Cyberpunk 2077. So you have played a lot more than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have not played very much at all. Um, so I'm going to like put a big asterisk on everything I'm going to talk about. I've only like... I did character creation and played through like the first couple of quests. And then mostly I've just been watching my husband play. So like, cause it's not really my, like my type of gameplay loop. Like guys, it's a futuristic shooter. Like if you guys have listened to 447 episodes of this show, you understand that first person shooters and sci-fi are not my favorites. So, I mean, when it comes to, cyberpunk 2077 like i thought that the all the trailers and stuff looked really interesting but i was like surface level into it like i didn't even know what the gameplay and stuff was like i was just like oh this looks like kind of cool and keanu reeves thinks i'm breathtaking so yeah let's check this out um and so i didn't know anything about it and it seems like halfway decent like we're at the point in the story now where keanu has actually shown up um, but not much further past that. So that's kind of my big caveat for this whole discussion. But I feel like some of the things that we've experienced playing on the Series X is like it's very much um hindering my want to continue, mm. <laughs> shall we say. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like definite asterisks on this conversation that, you know, anything that I'm talking about isn't based on, you know, 40 hours of gameplay in a 150 hour game. Like I'm not a huge chunk of time into this and I'm not even the one pushing the buttons for the most part. Um, it's actually been quite a while since there's been a game that I've just like sat and watched Matt play. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess there's that, that it's interesting enough to make me want to like watch it be played, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's not really my jam and I don't want to like, I don't want to harp on it too much because I feel like a lot of what we're going to talk about, a lot of what we're going to say is not going to be new to most people. If you have been on the internet at all in the last week, week and a half. 
um, basically, uh, like, and I also, I, I don't want to just like pile on for the sake of piling on. I want you guys to understand that I really tried to enjoy this and I tried to keep myself like away from a lot of the negativity. And I was like, okay, is this the internet being the internet or is this actually problematic? And I think I'm falling down on the side of this is actually problematic in that there's a lot of things happening in my game that are making it feel pretty unplayable. And it really takes you out of something that's supposed to be, or at least is billed as like this big narrative experience. It kind of takes you out of all of that when you have to constantly like stop the game, save the game, shut the game down, boot it back up, go back in. Like it just takes you out of everything, takes you out of the combat, takes you out of the exciting experiences, takes you out of the interesting conversations. Like as soon as things start to bug out, it's like the answer is literally turn it off and turn it back on again. And it's just, oh man, it's jarring. And, it, and it's really unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And that's on the Series X. Like that, <sighs> I'm playing this on my next gen Xbox. So I can only imagine <laughs> what everyone else is experiencing on like the the Xbox One and the and the One X and the you know uh, PlayStation Four and the PlayStation Four Pro, which you're playing on the uh, the Pro. No, you're playing on the Xbox One X, right? Yeah, I'm playing on the One X. Uh, a lot of the issues, you know. Here's the thing. I, I've uh, I've I've been able to find the fun with the game. But I can say this, having a PC that I believe can can play the game um, to to a degree that would be acceptable. I don't have like a ray tracing card or anything. I, I think I'm on the 1070 and but I, I, I wanted a couch experience and I have the one X and I really felt like the one X could be this bridge console that allows me to play a lot of these uh, these games that are doing the cross generation experience. Um and I really think Cyberpunk is is a, is a is a great there's a great game there, especially if you're playing on PC and you like open world first person futuristic RPGs. Like there's a, I have not experienced something like this since maybe playing through Fallout Three. Fallout Four felt a little flat for me, but um, I'm excited that Cyberpunk 27, 2077 has all this like style and science fictiony stuff. Um, I wish hacking was was a little more prevalent early in the game but yeah. um it, it's just one of those things where i think it's an anomaly in terms of this cross-generation experience in that it not performing up to my standards on the one x is more the game's fault and not the console's fault like the one x is technically the most powerful previous generation console should have been yeah, able to it should have been able to do that heavy lifting if yeah the game was actually made for the previous generation right yeah it, it, for sure and and i mean the the experience and i mean we've all seen the screenshots we've all seen the video and there's a i will link to um in the show notes this digital foundry video that compares sort of base ps4 base xbox one uh ps4 pro xbox one x ps5 and series x shows that all together and compares it and talks about a lot of the issues that are happening um that is a great sort of comparison video to understand how everyone's experiencing this game on console but for me it's like i i'm playing it on one x i'm experiencing uh frame rate issues in certain areas 
Um, if there's any fog on screen, it dips into the 20s and you really feel that change from the lock of 30 frames per second down to 20. Um, as console gamer uh, gamers, we've, we've come accustomed to our eyes are good with 30 frames per second and anything above that is grand. Anything below that and you really notice it. That's the core issue with 30 frames per second. You go below that and you start getting into the low 20s you're going to notice it right away. And in my experience on the One X, which has not been the case with any console game I've played previous to this, it's really tried to keep that 30 frames. And and if you're running on a performance mode, it's hitting 60 frames, depending on the type of game. Um, Like Avengers, uh, the Avengers game, which again is another one that had a poor launch. It has a performance mode on the PS4 Pro and runs really well. Like it's got that, it's got that 30 plus frames per second that you really start to notice as a as a, someone who plays a lot of console games i know on pc like saying yeah mid mid 40s to 50s that's great it's like no man 120 it's all the way i just i really discouraged like i wanted to have that couch experience um with halo being delayed like the series x has been pushed way out into the into the ether for me in terms of when i'm buying it Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying playing Cyberpunk 2077 on the couch because there's a lot of like talking and dialogue, and I like to just like relax when that's happening as opposed to like sitting in my office chair after sitting in my office yeah. chair for eight hours. <laughs> so I was stoked to play it on console. And when I saw all these issues popping up, and I'm like, surely it can't be that bad on the One X. And it's not that bad, but there are these moments where it's like, I shouldn't have to experience sluggish driving. Like, I'm driving, like, Driving around, I was looking forward to like, what is CD Projekt Red going to do with driving after all this horseback riding? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you third person view when you're driving, it's just so sluggish, like the frames dip. And I've had to sort of switch to first person driving, which I've been fine with because it's actually been more fun first person driving because um, kind of everyone just gets out of your way and 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 that's a good time but the performance has been a lot better on first person driving it seems to hold that 30 30 frames a lot better but um, well, yeah because yeah. it's basically rendering your small little confined space in your car right and then just whatever's outside your windshield it doesn't have to render like all the streets and all the buildings all around the outside of your car. Right. So, yeah, Yeah, it's, uh, it's just one of those, it's these, it's these performance hitches that, that really get in the way of enjoying what I, what I feel is a really fun and engaging experience. Like the story, I really dig the story. I think it's, I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with cyberpunk, but I, I feel like it's a, it's telling a different type of story with, you know, um, Keanu Reeves character, I think them getting like one big name actor for this game really fits within the story of what they're of what they're telling because you're literally you have a rock star stuck in your head and I think that yeah <laughs> it was such great casting and you couldn't have cast anyone better because Keanu Reeves just really like he he only plays what he loves and I feel like he's really digging this character and he, he I feel like he gets to be a different character he's not usually this much of a dick in his movies <laughs> yep <laughs> so I feel like. I'm getting a different Keanu Reeves, which is nice because sometimes when you get popular as an actor, you end up playing the same guy over and a over very or, sim- yeah. or, or girl, whatever. Um, so I'm digging that. You get typecasted is the word you're looking for. Yes. Typecasted. <laughs> you sure it's not compartmentalizing? <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I really dig the story. I dig the characters. All the voice acting is really great. Like they've really nailed a lot of the main characters. Um, 
the i'm not a fan of the gunplay like on, i'm just not good at it probably like that's probably my issue i don't know if you had a chance to like shoot some guns in the game but it doesn't there's something about it that just maybe it's because i'm playing on a console i this is why i struggle with these games on on console because i'm not great with the with the sticks uh in terms of <laughs> shooting you know uh, I, I'm, I'm, so okay, uh, like I, uh, I feel like I want to jump in here because yeah, jump, a, jump. I feel like a, a lot of the the stuff that you've been talking about is very much like, well, this has been my experience, but maybe it's different on PC or other con, and, and maybe obviously I'm not playing on PC either. Um, I'm sure that my PC could do the heavy lifting, but my Series X should also be able to do the heavy lifting. So I feel like. I can at least like the the Series X is literally the best console out there <laughs> to yeah. be playing this game on, right? So I feel like it's it's a good thing to talk about like the the higher end hardware because like outside of a PC, the Series X is the best piece of hardware to play this on. So I know you're talking a little bit about like things being sluggish and dropping frames and all the rest of it and like the Series X has that too, which is like less of a problem, I think, than than what's going on on your Xbox One X for sure. Like it's it's doing more lifting, but it's still not um, up to where I would hope it would be. Like, I mean, if I'm playing a next gen, well, okay, like for for example, the the title that I've been playing is Valhalla. So I'm playing Valhalla while Matt is playing Cyberpunk, and I'm not noticing any of the same sort of issues. Like Valhalla just runs really well. Everything looks amazing. Like the only issue I've had is just an issue that the um, Series X has in general, which is when it's running at 4K. Sometimes it just like black screens for a couple of seconds, which is really frustrating and they don't have a fix for it yet, but it's like a console wide problem. It's not like even when we're like just doing like streaming video on Netflix, like if the console is set to 4K, it just will black screen for a couple of seconds. The audio keeps going, but it's like the there's something wrong with the video feed. So it's it's not like a, a cyberpunk specific issue, but it definitely happens when stuff's set at 4K. So anyways, um, in general, though, like the performance of Valhalla is awesome. Like I've had no issues. I've had no like freezes. The only thing I've noticed in Valhalla is there's some bugs. <laughs> like it's a big open world game. There's some weird things going on. There's people walking into walls and, you know, like stuff like that. And Cyberpunk has a lot of those same issues as well. But then layered on top of that, it has some even more like fundamental issues. So like it's one thing to have like a, a pedestrian walking into a wall or like a, a, a sign that doesn't properly render its textures or something like whatever those are like one-off little buggy things but like we were in the middle of combat and like health and stamina just said zero mm. like we were full health full everything like using items like using health items health stim things like didn't make a difference it just still showed zero and it's like, that's like really important information when you're in the middle of combat. It's like, how much health do I have? <laughs> and there was like no feedback whatsoever. So again, 
You have to like leave the full combat experience, shut the game down, boot it back up again, go back in. And there, there are also some issues just with some quests. Like some quests are just bugged. Like there was this like stealth takedown thing that we had to do. And we went in and the stealth option just wasn't there. So it's like, well, how do we progress this quest? we got to kill this guy. So, you know, shoot the guy, alert the entire building, go through like 30 to 40 minutes of trying to fight the entire building of dudes, eventually die, have to start all over again, reload the quest and the stealth options there. And it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, come on. I've had a... So- from a gameplay loop, I've I've had a couple issues with stealth, and I uh, the way I want to play this game is I want to be this like badass hacker who's good at stealthing around and just takes no guff. And um, yeah, you don't want to be like a crazy like kick down the door guy. You can, no. but you don't want to be. Uh, for you me, you have the option. Yeah, yeah, I want to be a techie, right? Like I want to go in there. Yeah. I want to be able to hack stuff. And and early on in the game, um, you don't you're you're just getting started like you have the ability to sort of ping networks and sort of view people uh view outlines within your sort of scan area Mm -hmm. but you don't really get sort of um powers i I feel like they kind of they don't front load enough of the cyber cyberpunk tech stuff yeah (laughs) yeah and but i am cyber stuff (laughs) exactly i am starting to experience more of that now like um really it comes down to having enough credits to add more tech into and more quick hacks and stuff but i am getting to the point where i'm having to rely less on guns which is great because when i start using the guns i feel like i'm just kind of just spraying and praying and and hoping for the best and it feels like the enemies are doing that as well like i i feel like what i'm doing is the same thing that the enemies are doing like i I, there's not much strategery going on i'm playing on normal but still it feels like the enemies are kind of just running around shooting blindly you know yeah and and that comes down to or at least brings up the point a little bit of the marketing around cyberpunk 2077 because we were told for quite a while that this was going to take advantage of these great ai systems that there was going to be all kinds of things that were going to make the world feel more lived in And it doesn't feel like that at all. Like you mentioned the combat AI and the enemies and how they're going about like presenting an obstacle for you. And it doesn't feel like they're doing a very good job of that. And then, you know, like there's also um, just the AI of people like living in the city and how like they've they seem to have cut a lot of corners in that way by as soon as you turn away from things they just despawn. So like there's pedestrians. And if you do a quick 360, they're not there when you turn back around again, Um, which is kind of jarring in, again, this this game that was supposed to be a really well done, full AI experience. Right. So there's there's some there's some definite corner cutting that is very obvious and again even on the series x which is the supposed to be the most advanced console of the bunch right so it's one thing to say like oh it would be it would be fine on pc but i mean if you're only fine on pc why are you releasing on console at all like (laughs) yeah there are some questions that i have in terms of uh from a from a performance standpoint, it sounds like the PC is the 
is the is the one kind of at the acceptable level of like there's there's still crashes there's still issues but it's um well yeah because a bug is a bug is a bug like if you screwed something up when you're making the code of the game mm -hmm. then that's gonna happen regardless of the hardware that you're running the on right like they're just like if you code something wrong that same wrong code is gonna load across all your systems yeah no yeah and, 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 you know, sometimes bugs can be caused by lack of resources as well, right? So in the sense that if you're running on a, well, we see this with one of the key issues um, in the, on the base consoles with the textures loading, that is a, hopefully a bug that they will address, but they don't need to address it on PC. Because, oh my God. <laughs> because <laughs> you have the- textures uh, not loading. Yeah. I don't, I'm sure you've seen them, but oh, like, yeah. you remember like Mass Effect face gate? <laughs> <laughs> i feel like this is worse like this... it's like melted candle wax keanu <laughs> I... it's so bad ryan oh I... my god <laughs> i i know it, and you know here's the thing if i was trying to play this on a if my only option was to play this on a base console and i was so excited about cyberpunk they announced this thing eight years ago i would be livid and and here's the thing there's a lot of really horrible stuff sort of surrounded surrounding cyberpunk like pre-release reviews were coming out people didn't know you know what to expense what, what to expect performance wise uh reviewers were only allowed to review uh, the pc version in the sense that the console versions never went out we never yeah. saw footage on the base consoles which any other time would be a red flag but people trust cd project red the witcher franchise has really given them a lot of uh trust and goodwill yeah goodwill and you know there were a couple of reviews specifically GameSpot's review like got a lot of flack the reviewer i think her name is uh kaylee plaguey uh she got a lot of flack she scored the game a little lower than a lot of the other um you know outlets were doing but she for for good reason she thought like a lot of the side stuff was dull the crafting was never very interesting which she's absolutely right it's basically just progress bars and a lot of people gave her flack for that. And then now that the game's out and everyone's kind of seen it for what it is, like now they're kind of like rolling back around and being like, oh man, you were right. And it's like, reviewers shouldn't have to go through that. Like really, this dissatisfaction should be, should be, uh, I don't want to say like put back on the developers, but really should be like, this game is not ready. You need to, you need to do something to to make this right in a sense of like, Promising fixes is one thing, but I don't know how you make this run on the previous on the base consoles. Like, I if this is what you launched with, like, I, I don't know. Like, maybe they can fix it, but it's tough to say. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know where, like, I don't know where the dis dissatisfaction goes. Like, really, I guess it affects the next game that CD Projekt Red does. Like, people will be more wary. I guess it'll kind of become more of an EA maybe? situation. But <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say we've uh, we've seen it from EA in the past. We got some flack in the Discord for being excited about Mass I Effect. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, at some point, you just have to admit, like, we are fanboys and girls of certain companies and certain um, IPs, and that you know we're willing to forgive a lot of things when they tie our favorite franchise names to that thing, right? So. Yeah. 
you know, the next Witcher game that comes out, like people uh, are going to get excited. People are going to buy it. Like, <laughs> I guess what I'm just trying to, you know, math out here in my head is like, definitely don't get upset with the reviewers who are just trying to share their opinion on the game. I don't think you should specifically get upset with like the developers, like the specific developers, like a lot of people on the Last of Us team got a huge amount of flack from people who probably didn't even play the game and some probably did but still like that's not acceptable but i think at like a level of like i don't know like the the public you got to vote with your wallet i guess you're right like the mass effect example we did say that we were excited but we're not gonna pre-order we're gonna wait until there's (laughs) actual word and i mean even when looking at this situation like we got word of the game and the reviews were in the nineties. Like the Metacritic was huge, but it was PC only. But I think we live in, we live in a time where when a game reviews well on one platform, you kind of expect it to be a similar experience on other platforms. I think that was a fair assumption to make given that this is not CD project reds first experience developing on consoles. And I, I I really think they should have said it's coming to PC on December 10th. It's going to have open world bugs as is tradition, but right. <laughs> the console versions will launch in February. I I think yeah. honestly that's what they but should I mean, have like, done. The thing is like they had delayed it so many times. Um and I mean a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, it was the the pressure from the fans and blah blah." I'm like no, it wasn't. It was the pressure from the people who want to make the money. Guys, yeah. like that's where it came from. It came from investors, it came from the top. It was like, "Look, this game has been in the making for X number of years. You've pushed it back how many times now? Like just put the game out, whether it's ready or not." Like they just they ran out of time from a corporate perspective. So the game came out. End of story. Um, so we should be upset with the corpos is what you're saying. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> be mad. Rage against the man. You Who, guys like, <laughs> is that, is, so is that CD project red? Like, I think, yeah, we, I think we, we, we can be dissatisfied with this experience. And I think, um, CD project red is at least attempting, they're doing it poorly, but they're attempting to allow you to direct your satisfaction, which again is voting with your wallet and saying like, look, request a refund. We'll do our best to help you out. They set up a specific email to do it, whether it's right. We, so we this is, it's we're, out, we're kind of, yeah, we're kind of getting into news now. So before mm-hmm. we do go- dive too deep into the actual news here this week, um, we did want to remind you guys that we have a stream coming up on Friday, December 18th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be our TGI Holiday Extra Life Party. You can watch us on uh, twitch.tv slash Ryan Murphy CA and Joss Plays. That's J-O-C-E Plays. And if you'd like to support Extra Life, you can do so right through to the end of the month by going to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020. We do appreciate your support of this amazing cause. And if you like the content that we produce, you can also support us over at patreon.com slash the gamers in. So let's jump into the news because uh, we did get an apology from CD Project Project Red for essentially the way that the game plays on console. Uh, they did tell us that we are going to be getting patches and fixes in what well, they said after the holidays, so January and February uh, to try to fix some of these problems. But uh, also did, as Ryan mentioned, uh, say you can refund your purchases on Xbox and on PlayStation. And if you purchase like a, a physical copy, then get in touch with us, 
which is all fine and dandy, except apparently they didn't actually reach out to Microsoft and Sony. So they are actually, uh, Sony is straight up refusing to give refunds and sending out a generic email that basically says, hey, this game's going to be patched in the next couple of months. You're shit out of luck. (laughs) Like they're not, like Sony's not wrong. I don't, I don't necessarily uh, have... I think from a from a refund perspective, Steam has set a really good example of like uh, two weeks from purchase, two hours of gameplay. And if you bought this on Xbox One or which is the base Xbox One is the lowest performing uh, console to run Cyberpunk. And if you played it there and in the first two hours, you ex- you would have experienced some of these issues. You should be able to return. That is one of the beauties of Steam. Um Epic Games does it as well. Being able to return a broken product within the first two hours, because likely you are to experience that the problems, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is a really—it just feels knee-jerk from from CD Projekt Red's perspective of like, you just request a refund. It's like, well, you and I both know that that Sony and Microsoft do not have a consumer-friendly refund policy. Literally, their policy no. is as soon as you download it. It's yours. No take back. Which is, which is, yeah, exactly. Which is the terms that you agree to when you purchase through mm-hmm. their store. It literally says like, hey, just so you know, no refunds. And I think um, only have I been able to actually get a refund from them. And it was only because I ended up with a, I ended up with two copies of the same game. Oh. Um, because... I think I like purchased one and was gifted it or like, I can't remember the exact scenario, but basically like I went to them and said like, Hey, I bought this not realizing that another version of it was on my account. I haven't installed it, downloaded it, played it at all. Can I just like, I literally did this 30 seconds ago. Can you reverse the purchase? And it was very like, I got the, okay, yeah, we'll do it. But (laughs) Just so you know, this is, yeah, it's like everybody gets one basically is what they told me is like, you know, we don't normally do this. We see you've never done this before on your account and you spend a gajillion dollars with us. So we don't want to piss you off. Like you have a gaming podcast (laughs) one time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like it was very much like the situation. And Sony's never done. I've never had to do that with Sony and they've never like done it for me. I've never tried. But um, yeah, my one experience with Microsoft was like, be more careful next time we won't but you know we see that like this isn't a pattern with you you're not trying to do anything scammy like whatever here yeah (laughs) try not to be so dumb with your credit card (laughs) and it just seems so odd of from a pr perspective to do something like this and i i get it you want the easiest way to ease fans when it comes to these these versions or, or basically the game that's broken yeah um to just say hey request a refund like that is the easiest way like vote with your wallet here's your money back we'll figure it out and i mean them setting up a specific email of like knowing full well that cd project red does not only controls one platform that offers this game which is the gog platform everywhere else is up to the platform holder whether it's um or, or even the shop like whether it's walmart or whether it's microsoft store so in my case, like I have a boxed copy. If I was playing this on Xbox One, I'd be I'd be livid. Like I'd be like, well, I can't play this game, and no patches are going to make this. They even clearly state, like you know, keep your 
keep your thoughts in check. These patches aren't going to make the game play like a high-end PC, but are going to make it closer to the experience than it is now. Like, what does that even... Does it just mean playable? Like, I'm fine with playable, but, like, we were kind of promised a little bit more than just playable, right? It's, uh, it's really tough, but if you do... So I did reach out to the email just as out of a curiosity. I... I mean, I'm playing on Xbox One X. I'm still experiencing issues. I have a PC that'll run it. So I said, like, look, I have it on Xbox. I bought it from a brick and mortar store. If I can't return it there, you know that. I know that because honestly, as soon as you take the cellophane off, you're done. You're done. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) You can take it to EB, get like a credit for half of what you paid for it. And then they're going to sell it for three quarters of what you paid for it, which is (laughs) really shitty feeling. Uh, And this doesn't feel like my fault. So I like, okay, let's reach out. And just said, like, look, I have a PC that can play this. My Xbox One X is is really struggling with it. Um, I'm not buying a next-gen console. Uh, they did send out a note to all folks who have emailed that. They have an automated response set up basically saying that they're going to get back to people um, before the end of the year. What they're going to do, I have no idea, because all the news today has been, we're not offering refunds. Like, Microsoft isn't... Um, Sony isn't Sony's Sony definitely yeah Sony yeah. has shut that down completely <laughs> they, they've basically said like Sony has said that no CD Projekt Red has said they're going to do patches so you have a working game just not right now yeah which yeah. from a platform perspective is like I get it I understand where you're coming from and I have faith that CD Projekt Red will patch these these games but um it's all about the now it's not right? the yeah, it's not the greatest look, I don't think, for Sony, but I also at the same time don't blame them for taking that stance at all. Like their terms of service are very clear. And I feel like CD Project Red totally blindsided them with this, like yeah. just putting out a statement saying, hey, guess what? Because I think um, I don't remember what the the stat was exactly that I saw. Eight million is sticking in my head, but I'm not sure how accurate that is. But like if you sell eight million copies of pre-orders of your game, like that is a huge amount of money. Like <laughs> Well, they said <laughs> they, know, they made back their budget in, in in marketing included with pre-orders. Like Yeah. This game was huge before it even came out. And um this this whole scenario actually reminds me of uh warcraft 3 at the start of this year with blizzard Mm. and blizzard did the same thing like we're offering refunds we're throwing out our normal policy uh for this game is completely in charge of their own store so they're able to say like hey this is our store this is our monetary platform we're gonna offer refunds no problem they are both the developer and the distribution yeah which is not the case for cyberpunk exactly but i mean that is that is an example of a of a company using the fact that they have all those tools at their just their disposal to basically flat out say like we'll offer you a refund and whoever wants a refund gets a refund and that is a great way to do damage it sucks that you you tarnished that that game and I refunded Warcraft 3 Reforged based on the property that like it's not what you originally told me it was and I didn't yep. you know I bought it before I did the research you know shame on me but um you offered me the refund so I'm going to take that to vote with my wallet and I think with um with this scenario it's it's unfortunately not as easy for CD Projekt I could see if the PC version was completely broken they'd have more folks that that could just return it through um 
GOG or, or Steam or whatever. But uh, this is a scenario that's going to unfold. And really, depending on how it unfolds, it's it's CD Projekt Red's sort of um, good, uh, their reputation on the line. Because honestly, yeah. unless this help me refund at email, you know, leads to something concrete, how many people bought this at a brick and mortar store and got it shipped to them? And and now have no way of uh, of returning the game. Like, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Because like, outside of saying we'll give we'll give you the refund and you just ship the game to us, because nobody else is playing ball with CD Projekt Red. They are kind of on their own with this one. And I yeah, very much. This is unprecedented. I have no idea. Most of the time, honestly, developers would just be like, "We're going to patch it. Don't worry, but we're not giving you a refund." It, that's the core difference here. So. I I hope it's not them just like blowing smoke up our butts. I hope it is. They actually have a plan. I hope, but uh, uh, Ryan, they have no plan. They have no plan. But they shouldn't have no said way. anything if they don't have a plan. This is the thing: when you don't have a plan, you keep your mouth shut and you just uh, you, you, you ride say, the wave. Well, not. I guess there like there's a medium ground here where if they didn't have a plan, especially when it comes to refunds for the various ways you can buy this game, it should have been apologize for sure and then we are working on these patches and that's that's what we're doing like no man's sky it no man's sky didn't come around and say like we're gonna we're gonna offer refunds to whoever wants it no it was we're gonna keep working on it we're gonna get it working and we're gonna patch yeah, it. yeah we're and... listening to you we know the problems we're working on it yeah you know expect a patch here's our roadmap yeah very yeah. much so so maybe that's what they should have done and i don't know i think the the less well, the, the I... lesser hit yeah I think what they should have done is that they should have years ago said, like, basically, as soon as we had a pretty good idea that there was next gen soft or next next gen hardware coming and that we had a, a basic release window, like, because I feel like we've known for a couple of years now that 2020 holiday season was a very, very likely release window for the next generation of consoles. So I feel like at that point in time, that was when CD Projekt Red should have said, like, okay, we are not going to be able to support the base PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One just based on the way this project is going, the way development is going, with the vision that we have for the game. It's going to be playable on the next generation. It's going to be supported, but it's not going to be the ideal experience on the PlayStation 4 Plus and also on the Xbox One X. You can play it there if you'd like to, but this is made for next gen and PC. And that's what they should have made their messaging very, very clear years ago. They should have stopped developing completely for the Xbox One and for the PlayStation 4 and just said, look, we can't do it. It doesn't work. Like <laughs> we there there are no fixes that make this a playable game. So because development has taken so long, we are refocusing our efforts onto these next gen because that's the problem is that they that's the problem that's created all the crunch not to say that there wouldn't have been crunch if they didn't support those base consoles but it's absolutely taken up developer time and resources to attempt to support these consoles which clearly can't run the game like they're just they just can't it is ugly it's buggy it's blurry it's like dropping frames down to 10 frames a second in some cases in some areas like it's just it's gross. <laughs> like it's not supported. So I don't understand why 
they wouldn't just be frank and upfront and reallocate the resources to those later systems and say, look, you're you're just your shit is old now. Like upgrade or don't play the next generation of games. Like it sounds harsh, but we would have had a better cyberpunk if they had just done that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't th- Nintendo really has like this. I say sound that weird, as but... as up until like a couple of weeks ago, I was a launch Xbox One and launch PlayStation Four console owner. Like, yeah. and if they like if this had released and they'd said those consoles aren't supported, I would have been like, well, yeah, I bought this thing like eight years ago. <laughs> like, of course it's not supported. Yeah. That's cool. I'll play it on my PC or I'll upgrade my console. Like. That's what happens in hardware. Eventually, it becomes a brick. <laughs> yes, and and the Apple uh, phones have really have really put that in place as like, yeah, if you bought this seven years ago, chances are you're not even going to be able to update the OS. Yeah, you know, I, I saw a note today that like, hey, we're working to support iPhone fives and five S's with the new COVID alert app, and it's like, wow, like, get in. I know not everyone can go get a new phone, but like, that's that's got to be like almost five ten years ago uh i I don't know that's a long time ago um but when it comes to consoles i i think it's different like they haven't set up that mentality in a way with xboxes and playstations and i don't even think the platform holders allow you to say this is only running on xbox one x or ps4 pro like they don't there hasn't been an example of that i mean the only example i can think of is nintendo's done that weird this is only playable on the new 3ds and everyone lost their shit like they like from a console perspective people aren't used to that um it's just it's not something those platforms people who play on those platforms have had to contend with but i think this is a really great lesson in i mean honestly like the way you just can't have it all you can't have it all ways like you can't have them support all of these consoles with all of their various levels of hardware and have the same open world type game like it might work for an indie platformer, but it's not going to work for something that is supposed to be, you know, AI this, AI that, highly rendered cityscape scenes that have no lag and and everything else. Like, yeah, this experience, what they were trying to build with Cyberpunk 2077 is just not something that can be played on an older system. And eventually, like, they didn't support it on the Xbox 360. Like, there's got to be a line. Just draw the line closer to the present. Yeah. Oh, man. And this is such... I know a lot of folks were looking forward to the game, and a lot of folks who are playing it on PC are like, yeah, there's the open world bugs, but it's... And there are some crashes, but that'll all get ironed out, and it's not happening all the time, but it's still happening. Do you think that they're even going to get... Like, I mean, I'm assuming that the developers, like, in terms of development teams, there's probably like a PS4 team, a PS4 Pro team, a PS5 team, I'm assuming. So, like, it, do you think that PC bugs are going to actually get fixed and prioritized? Like, I feel like it must be all hands on deck. Like, unless it's split up, I'm obviously I'm not a game developer. I'm not a, pro- a programmer. So I don't know if you can just write a game for the PS5 and then swap over to the Xbox One. I I don't know, like, Uh, what kind of code you're using or what development tools. Like, can you just make that swap? But um, would all be based on the same engine, which runs on the various types of hardware. And again, we'll probably get corrected, which is totally fine, because I am kind of just 
not guessing, but making educated sort of thoughts. Yeah, like I, I don't know what the, um, I guess what the development pipeline looks like on the back end and, no. and how transferable those skills are or if you can develop for all platforms or if you are kind of um, relegated to the one that you know. I, I don't know. So I'm going to be totally upfront about not knowing. <laughs> but um, my point is, I'm like, if you're if you're a PC player, you can't be feeling that great right now either because like I said on my Series X, I'm still getting a whole bunch of bugs. I'm still getting like crashes and visual bugs and all kinds of stuff that make the game really frustrating. And that's on like a, a piece of hardware that is performing well uh, in comparison to the other things. So I'm sure PC players are in the same boat or better in terms of their performance, but they still have, like I said, all those kind of like base bugs that just are in the game that are in every game that's ever made, especially the big open world ones that you would expect to get fixed. But do you feel like maybe everyone's going to be all hands on deck fixing these old busted console versions as opposed like do PC players have a hope in hell of getting a patch in the next like six months? Like I would think maybe not. Mm. I feel like CD Projekt Red is just going to be putting out fires again if those skills between teams are transferable or like if people can like if the PC team can be reallocated to fix the Xbox One, I think that's 100% what CD Projekt Red is going to be doing on the back end. So PC players might be sitting forever waiting for them to fix little things like or maybe not even little things, but to fix bugs that you would normally expect to kind of happen as soon as the game is launched. So I feel like no matter what platform you're playing this game on right now, you've got to be worried. Yeah, no, I I think what they're doing right now is they've got one more patch they're going to try to get out before the holidays to address the the um some of the hard crashes that are happening, the hitches and stuff. And and I and I think from a team perspective, like the PC is going to see fixes, uh, the all the consoles are going to see fixes as we move forward. And I would imagine they have at at the very least probably a console sort of um sub team and a, and a PC sub team. And they're but at the end of the day, I think they're all building the game right uh, again there's developers that can probably help us out with this but um from from a pc perspective like i i think every game is going to get patched but where a majority of the work is is going in is to address the concerns um on the base xbox one and the base ps4 and we will probably see those performance boosts in the first patch in january they have said that's going to be the first major patch their priority as said in a lot of their messaging is to get those base consoles to a point of uh, a satisfactory level. Which again, it just, I would be so ticked off if I was like experiencing issues and I wasn't trying to play on super old hardware. I'd be like, why are you bending over backwards to support this? When what you should be doing is making sure that your absolute best foot forward works the way it's supposed to be working. Like, I, I just feel like, redirecting resources to make it work on a like launch versions of the previous generations of consoles like that's it just doesn't feel like the right call to make like i know that those are the people that are really upset right now and rightly so because of all of the cd project red marketing and messaging that came out around this game uh but yeah like I, I don't think that this is the right call. I don't think it was the right call as of a couple of years ago. Like, I just, oh man, this whole thing is just such a mess. Like, mm. I don't envy them. And I don't think, like, obviously, 
like same asterisks on everything. If you are emailing the help me refund email that they put out, if you are interacting with devs on Twitter, if you're interacting even just with the official like cyberpunk Twitter account or whatever, or Reddit, whatever, like make your thoughts heard, but don't attack the devs. They are still people. Like I said, I don't even know and half an hour ago at this point, like I do. This is not a dev decision. No dev puts a game out that's this broken by choice. This is like an up above profit driven decision that they needed to get this game out and they couldn't delay anymore. So just, yeah, be kind, be understanding and just know that, yeah, they probably didn't want to put it out as much as you don't want to be playing it like this in this state. (laughs) So just be nice. Yeah, definitely be nice. I don't think there's there's an instance where you're you should be attacking anyone in this in in any sort of gaming scenario, and especially this one. Like I think there there were you like you said executives that pushed this forward. Um, the game on consoles should have been delayed, even if it was running fine on on Series X and S or uh, and PS Five. Like, but there are still core issues there, and I think the easiest way to do it is just go through the proper channels email the no the help me refund thing and 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 try your luck there but at the end of the day i do have i do have faith in cd project red that they will make this right from it from a game perspective uh i've just not seen a product launch from them this this broken Be this up rocky yeah. yeah and it's um it's discouraging and and maybe maybe they do go back to the pc first console second launch and and i think that would serve them well because yeah it really seems like they struggled with with the differences in hardware so hopefully this is a lesson learned for um specifically cd project red but all developers who are trying to push out nine versions of such a complex game like it's yeah this is why i like nintendo like they put it on a, now they only have to put it out on one platform and they nail it, right? Because they only have to worry about one set of they hardware. only have to worry about one version. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's, the less uh, versions you have to worry about, the better off you're going to be in terms of the quality of your game. So just aim for one. And if you can do more bonus, but this just seems like absolute insanity. Like they are trying to currently support six different consoles and God knows how many different PC combinations and specs, right? Like it just, it's just nuts. So anyways, just uh, pretend that Cyberpunk 2077 didn't come out. Pretend that it got delayed till next summer. And uh, maybe sometime in July, <laughs> you can actually pick it up and have a good experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and oh, and man. And then by, yeah. the, by that time, it'll cost you 10 bucks. <laughs> oh, man. That's the worst part is that by the time this is fixed, it's going to be. By the time it's ready to go, by the time it's actually in a playable state, it's going to be so heavily discounted, especially since this has been such a rough launch like this is not going to be an in-demand game they're going to be begging us six to eight months from now to take this off their hands and give them money so yeah this is game is going to get heavily heavily discounted because of all this terrible press but man isn't it so it, for me as a halo fan i i am totally cool with them delaying till fall 2021 now because uh i do not want this again right so <laughs> when i first saw the same thing with horizon right i'm just like you don't give me a release date you just you take your sweet time yeah i am i am fine waiting <laughs> and that game got a I ps4 Aloy. <laughs> yeah a ps4 launch like it's getting a ps4 launch as well so it's like the again this is a great lesson um 
for it'll be actually yeah. it'll be really interesting to see if um the horizon game gets uh support on the ps4 the launch version or if it's only on the pro but even then even if they do try to support all the way back to launch ps4 um they are still only supporting playstation right they don't have to worry about xbox versions and they don't yeah. have to worry about um P, uh, pc versions so they're still only going to be worrying about three consoles so but anyway sorry i, I cut you off there no no, no. i i just think that uh I, I think that this this specific scenario is a good lesson for for a lot of folks and and especially developers who are targeting like a bunch of platforms and um I I am totally fine waiting for like you said any any sort of experiences and and also just probably being more like okay maybe maybe my half step console isn't going to be the bridge that I was hoping it was going to be like it's going to play great current gen games really well I think that the half step consoles I think there's definitely an argument to be made that there is a bit of an expectation that they will play at least like the first year's worth of content on the next gen console. Like, I feel like that cross support is a perfectly reasonable expectation to have. If you've got the pro or the series that, or the um, Xbox one X, like you've got that, that in between version. But if you're sitting on a launch version of a console and you're expecting it to play launch titles from the next gen console, that to me is a huge leap in logic. Yeah. Yeah. So We'll see. Um, the next year will be interesting from my perspective, not having any next gen consoles, but I, I am more, I'm not going to be like, I can't wait to play X game that is definitely targeted at next gen consoles. Like I'm, I'm going to be more, I'm definitely going to be more wary. I think cyberpunk was, a, it was a good sort of experience for a lot of, of folks. Like they're in situations like me where it's like, okay, like don't, don't expect it to run. Don't buy it without the hardware to play it. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I, I want to see them fix these issues. I want to see them sort of continue to be like this developer that we trust, but uh, it's getting, man, they're falling fast. <laughs> you know, it's not good. Yeah, they really, really are. So yeah, we'll uh, keep you guys updated as this story progresses. We'll, we'll let you know what's happening in terms of patches and stuff. But overall, uh, it's definitely for me, a don't get it right now uh hold off and wait uh and see what happens with all the patches and see what happens uh in terms of support because like i said even on a well-performing system it still has a lot of bugs and it, it has a lot of lag and it's not the greatest um just gaming experience so i'm having a really hard time getting invested in the story because of a lot of that so um, but again, that's just my opinion. Maybe you guys are really enjoying the story. I know Ryan's having a good time. So, uh, yeah, I guess take my opinion with a grain of salt. Like I said, I was really trying hard not to pile on, but I think they made some really bad decisions in the last couple of years. So we'll have to see how this goes, but that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, you can join us over in our discord at bit.ly slash TGI discord, or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me Jocelyn at Joss plays. Ryan is at our Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at the gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. You know, it could be worse. Uh, there's a scathing review for the new Monster Hunter movie. It got a three. Wow. Yeah. A three? A three. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's the same people behind the Resident Evil movies, which are also terrible. So mm. it's not really a surprise. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and I didn't pre-order, so it's good. 